to Gray Matters, where we discuss more than just the hot topics and headlines of the day from a black man's perspective. We appreciate that we are not a monolith, and every subject deserves to be explored with nuance, giving a view from all sides of the culture. So we're here to hopefully bring that to you every week with a little bit of nuance, class, and some fun. Our panel consists of three guys that are absolutely nothing alike, and you'll soon come to find out just how much we love each other in spite of our sometimes very big differences. I'm Billy Craig, and I'll be your moderator for the day, coming to you from Delaware out here on the very sunny and warm East Coast. And I'm joined today by the original hip-hop Dalmatians, Ren and Ten. You all know them better by now, by their government name. Yes, I said government with a capital B in there. Andre Collins and Paul Wilson. Andre and Paul, how you guys doing today? Man, I'm blessed. Well, how about, how about you? yourself? I'm hot. You're hot. I'm scared to go outside. Yeah, but well, we've been getting it kind of cool. Like it's been really mild compared to the rest of the country. And mm. then all of a sudden today they was like, nah, we back in the nineties. And I said, Well, I'm back in the house. We had seven o'clock. We had course, our little we got, three. You know, practice and stuff but you know i gotta go to the grocery store but yeah man i'm good man i'm good i'm ready to jump in on some of these topics man it's been a hot week man in the news. so <laughs> all right let's go ahead and jump into this our first topic uh gotta talk about my man big perk mm. kendrick perkins he he did the the ultimate when he decided it was time to and, and let's be clear here I'm not necessarily interested in the conversation, him in the back and forth between uh, Kendrick Perkins and uh, Draymond Green so much, because that was just kind of, you know, mm -hmm. it is what it is. Right. But more importantly, uh, I want to broaden this out a little bit and talk about this idea. One of the things he said, uh, he said, uh, you know, he, he invoked the name Coons. Mm-hmm. Right, coon. You know that coon and sellout conversation that we yeah. sometimes have amongst ourselves. And right, I, I, I want to put that out there because I think um, it's a lot like the N word. In that there are words and phrases and certain terms that we use amongst ourselves, and we know what they are. We know how to use them. But when somebody else uses them, then it's like, wait a minute, you know, we got a problem. But should we ban the I'll just ask you this way, we'll start it here. Should we just go ahead and ban calling people coons and sellouts within the community? Andre, you go first. Oh, my pleasure. Um <laughs> so, <laughs> so I uh I don't necessarily know about banning just because we still on the free speech part, right? But I mm -hmm. think one of the things that we need to do is be more responsible. Um, now, Draymond, I know we're not talking about the whole Draymond experience, but Draymond gave kind of a lame um, excuse saying that, well, it was a different meaning when Saginaw, Michigan, and this is how we used it, and this, and I didn't realize ramifications of saying it to somebody Cat. else that wasn't there. Come on, Cat. like this we is we from them. the Midwest. We all got the same slang, Man. Cat, and calling Cat. <laughs> so, so that's one thing, but also like. We got to stop. I, I know it's going to sound juvenile, but the name calling for people who disagree with us, because that's really what this comes down to is, oh, you don't you don't think like I think then oh, you're a sellout, you're a coon. Like and that's 
that like there's I think I, I know it's gonna sound weird, but time and place. Like there are people who are justifiably, you know, called sellouts because they actually Sold had out. one position and then money changed or something changed that position that goes against morals. Like as opposed to you are like you are who you've always been. I just don't like it. That's not a sellout to me. That's just mm-hmm. yeah, that's you're consistent. Just, you, yeah. you are consistent. If right. you ain't never been for the culture and you still ain't for the culture, you didn't sell out. You just you just are who you are. And I love how you put that. Like we have to go with the definition. A sellout is someone who literally sold their soul, their reputation, their credibility, and tech. They sold it for, in exchange for goods. Isn't that what we do in the marketplace? We sold <laughs> mm-hmm. it for goods, and that's. That is the definition, and we can't just throw it out there irresponsibly. All right. reckless, yeah. So, I mean, so that's what I'm looking at as just kind of, like, we we, we seem to do this with hot words now, like, with toxic, you know, toxic masculinity and, mm. and uh, all these different terms that we totally are messing up. I was about to cuss, sorry. Um, totally messing up the definitions of and and using it in every day. Like, that's not what it's supposed to be. And like I said, like Clarence Thomas, for instance, he is who we thought we was. Like, he, he yeah. is exactly the same person that he was when Anita Hill warned us who he was. So I'm mm-hmm. not, like, I don't necessarily consider him a sellout. I don't consider Candace Owens a sellout. Like, those people, they that's who they are. So mm-hmm. I don't now. Do I like them? Mm, no, I can care less, uh, uh, or I couldn't care less. I guess is, is the proper term for it. But I don't consider them sellouts because that's just that's just their DNA. Um, so mm-hmm. that I think that's more where I'm at with it. Which actually, interestingly enough, is part of the reason why I've set it up that way because there is a very big difference between someone who I consider a sellout mm-hmm. and someone who would have the term coon would apply to. Right. As you said, Clarence Thomas, since, you know, he's kind of low-hanging fruit here, we can just kind of, you know, use him as an example. A lot of people, most people in the black community do not like him, but it would completely be inaccurate to call him a sellout. Now, when you start talking about coon Mm -hmm. or cooning, (laughs) now we having a totally different conversation. And yet, should we maybe consider a more responsible way of using that or just not like me, for example, just, you know, full disclosure, I don't use that term. Nor do um, I. And a lot of it is a lot of it comes from a place of I have family and friends and people I've known my whole life. I know how they got to where they are. And even if the term does apply to them, it's not irresponsible because the term wouldn't apply to them, but it's almost like it's kind of like using the B word mm-hmm. to call some dude soft or weak mm-hmm. or whatever. Even if it applies, I'm not going to do that just because that's, you know, like you said, it's free speech. I choose not to use that word, but I also understand how it would apply to another person. So, Paul, I ask you then, the, the coon. Mm-hmm. The coon conversation, the coon word. Right. Is that something that we maybe need to reconsider um, throwing out of the lexicon? I don't use it. Um, and I, when I hear it, it it's just like a red, I just put a little red dot in your file. Mm. 
because it's lazy to me. Um, people have been calling me coon since I showed up to Forest Park High School in ninth grade to catch the bus to St. X. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, uh, you going to that white school. Oh, man, why you ain't, we ain't going to FP with us. Whoop de whoop. I ain't, it ain't my choice. I mean, I ain't never, (laughs) I ain't never made a 14 year old who sent himself somewhere to school. But, that, so I dealt with that, and I know you guys dealt with that as well because we from the same hood, and we heard it from the same folks. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. So you talking about life, real right? Life. Yeah. yeah. So I don't use it because I look at it. Even folks who I perceive to not be as down with the cause or whatever, I don't use it on them. And we know something, Billy, you and I have a person that we talk about in private that we laugh about to this day. He's a running joke. But I would never say use that word about that brother because I know that he heard the hard ER. He's been denied access to certain rooms. He's been uh, discriminated against and dismissed because of his skin. So his existence is not less than mine. It's just different. And, and not only that, now I appreciate what you're saying about his existence not being different, but the fact is, like I was saying before, I know a little bit about him and others, so I know how he got to that place. Mm-hmm. And so even though it's one of those, I respect the fact that you made a totally different decision mm-hmm. and that you've, chose, you've chosen to live a different type of life, but so often... And you brought this up like back in high school, because mm-hmm. like I said, that's that that was my life. People, you know, dude, I was, I mean, I was a freshman in high school. My parents sent me to say next, and it was like, what I'm gonna do? No, I ain't right. going. I'm a buck. Right. What I'm gonna fight? Like, so you mad at me because I get to go play against Andre's big brother? Right. Like, you're welcome. And, and the news is there. <laughs> right. You're welcome. Go make a tackle. <laughs> But I guess my point is we can look at it in a nuanced way when it comes to that. Like kids don't mm-hmm. make these choices. Well, guess what? Kids don't choose their upbringing, their environment, how they grow mm-hmm. up. Right. And so how they adapt to the world, uh, their their level of exposure to certain things mm-hmm. is not their own. Mm-hmm. You know, my kids, I'm making choices for them. I'm putting mm-hmm. them in certain places. And so a lot of the things that we see when we get to the real world as adults. We look at somebody and we label them. And that's why I love the fact you said it's lazy mm-hmm. because it deserves nuance. It we deserve before you label somebody, you need to, you know, understand a little bit about them. And that doesn't or mean try not, to. I'm not justifying um bad behavior. Right. Right? Um but one of the things that personally I learned from mentoring kids, uh, mentoring young men in particular, when I set up my program in Fountain of Youth years ago, is I had a bunch of guys, a bunch of boys who were in middle school. And you would be surprised. Like, it, it was almost, it, it was painful sometimes to understand where they came from. And when you realize the diversity that's even just in a classroom of 12, 15 boys, much less all around the country. I mean, that that whole thing, getting back to it just a little bit between Draymond 
and uh, Perk. The thing that's so interesting about that is, yes, they share that brotherhood of being in the NBA, playing alongside the same people, having that experience, but it showed how as much as they were different, they're actually very much the same. And it's almost like, it was almost sad to me that the conversation gets to where it just completely disintegrates into this mm-hmm. name calling thing. Right, 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 right. Instead of it being the merits of the conversation. Draymond has a brand. Draymond's brand is um, Sag Nasty. Right? And let's go into the John Morant stuff. Like, I'm not cool with how he talked about what he talk about. You know what I mean? Like, I'm on your block. I'm pulling up. Like, bro, right. come on, man. You had two parents and you from the burbs. You hoop. Right. Chill. Yeah. Chill. And, and, and let's talk about Steven Jackson. Pulling up mm. on old block. He's 50 years old. Pulling up, checking in with kids. You paid some kids to go take a picture with you. And you're 50 years old and on Showtime. Right. What's wrong with you, bruh? Is that a coon? Mm. There's yeah. a lot of tap dancing, I will say that. But uh, there's, there's another element that all of us have to go through as well, which like, so uh, for the people who don't know, um, since we we national now, go ahead and put that plug in there. Um, so we're all from Forest Park. It's a it's a, a technically a Summer. town, a yeah. town or in Cincinnati. Right. But but Forest Park is also segmented, so mm-hmm. it's in alphabetical order. And so, Billy, if I'm right, you were in the H section, right? H section. Yep. Okay, Paul. We were in that part of Forest Park that went to Green Hills. Right. 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 We right, got right. bus. Right. right. I lived in the I and the G. Got it. Okay. And so I was in the E section. So I was considered my parents doing well. Like that's yeah, y'all just, was, that, yeah, y'all was rich. Y'all was, was in the E. Come on, man. Y'all was in well, E, boy. So, yeah. that's, so that's so that was part Me of the- Me and Paul the, got three squares. You was eating. <laughs> right. So that's, so that's part of what we had to go through. But then when you take that and then I go to Moeller, which is an all-white high school, mm-hmm. now those are the labels that I have. But mm-hmm. but the one thing that I was able to do, which was I could play ball, I could play yeah. ball, I could run, I could do run. That's it. Yeah. So that, we all could. That's so exactly that, what it was. Right. So that became a, <laughs> you get a lot of passes when you can run, jump, or you can hit somebody or shake. But then, oh facts. But it was also like a jealousy standpoint. Like I understood that that's why people were name calling because it was just, you wanted to be in my position because let's right. go back to this time. Recruits weren't showing up to you know Wentwood's high school and and the other high schools like that, but they were they lived at Moeller, they lived at Saint X, they oh, lived yeah. at the, you know the Catholic schools and Roger yeah. Bacon's and things like mm-hmm. that. There was no mm-hmm. such thing as huddle where I can send out you know Mm-mm. can can DM you my film or anything like that. So Mm-mm. my parents did it as the best opportunity for me to be able to go mm-hmm. to college and play ball. So yep, but so that's what that's what worked. But at the same time, now we're all fathers of this, you know, a new generation. Mm-hmm. And the goal normally, you know, is to give your kids better than what you had. Mm-hmm. Um, so now it's it, there's a stigmatism of trying to, to teach your kids their blackness, but also still giving them the, the luxuries that you may not have had growing up. And mm-hmm. so now we're 
and that's why I guess that's why I never call anybody coon or you know sellouts mm-hmm. or anything like that is because that's going to be my kids hopefully you know that is in that position that that those names are being called to them now it's my job as a parent to teach them you know about their history and stuff like that but I'm also not going to apologize because I'm giving my kids a better life like that's not what nope. we're not that's what we're not going to do is, nah. is do that um, because that's supposed to be the goal is that each generation is supposed to go farther so that's and I guess that's where I get to the point of I'm not doing a coon on the sellout thing just because Mm-mm. it becomes personal to what my goals are for my kids, you know, there because it's always a superficial thing when it's being called a coon or a sellout. It's, and it's it, almost, it almost sounds to me, and not to cut you off, I'm sorry. No, you but it's, it's like a, because um, I hear it from both of you, and this, again, this is my experience. I know what it's like to be called a coon strictly because you're upset or jealous or have some type of envy about something that frankly I didn't do. Okay. Mm-hmm. I remember um I remember being time for the 40 and it was like a big deal because I ran a fast 40. And it's mm-hmm. like I it's genetics, dude. I mean some <laughs> of it is where I worked hard, you know, and I admit, you know, I was fast, but it I didn't, you know, do anything special. I, I just happened to grow in eighth grade and I got a little bit taller and got a little bigger and I got a little faster. And then it was like, Oh, and then it's almost, and unfortunately it feels like, again, these shared experiences, it's a rite of passage Mm -hmm. that unfortunately a lot of black men who go on to be successful or have higher aspirations, they have to go through. And it's like, why should I have to go through regardless of what you think about, Again, Draymond or Kendrick Perkins. It's unfortunate that we use those names against ourselves because there literally is no, you know, people talk about the N word like, oh, well, it's a term of endearment, you know. Well, there is no way to spin uh, sellout or coon to mm-hmm. make it a term of endearment. <laughs> right. You're basically coming at me. And You're coming at if, my manhood. Exactly. And, and frankly, um, well, anyway, that's another conversation. Well, even outside of manhood, day. it's coming at your integrity and your character as a person. Like, mm-hmm. and and that's that's where, and that's why it's personal, and that's where it touched. That's why I wasn't mad at Perk for what he said, because right now you've no, taken. I understood what Perk. I understood everything Perk was saying. Honestly, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to be totally just be totally transparent. I felt what Kendrick Perkins said in my soul. Like bones, because I've here in my thing, bones at a t- right all the way down to the marrow. Because I'm gonna be honest with you, when I was younger, that stuff used to hurt. Mm-hmm. It used to hurt me, and I hadn't even flushed it all out and thought through it and didn't have the uh, the knowledge and understanding that I do now. I used to fight, mm-hmm. like that's fighting words. It was like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. I'll, okay, you, hey, I might take an L here, but. Nah, ain't gonna be too many more coons here. I'm gonna have to just <laughs> stand up, and it is what it is because, and obviously, you know, I've grown out of that for the most part. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, who cares? But that's the type of thing where, unfortunately, we as black men have to understand that it's an unnecessary jab um, to take. And why would you want to tear? Some, because at the end of the day, I'm looking at Perkins. I'm like, dude, you and Draymond, like, and I'm looking at Draymond, like. Y'all national tell y'all have a national platform. 
you all have made millions um, mm -hmm. playing basketball. You have, to different, you know, varying degrees, you all have been extremely successful. Why would you go after and attack somebody else who, frankly, I look at it this way, no matter what I think of them, you're successful. I want to be able to point to my son or my daughter and be like, that right there, mm -hmm. no matter what you think of it, they have made, they've, they've done, they've done what so many other people say, Keep well, going. I could have done this, and they make excuses for why they couldn't get there. Keep going. You know, no. When we look at our representation out there, it's bad enough. Draymond don't have no, to my knowledge, Draymond don't have no criminal record. He ain't out here in the streets. Same thing with Perk. So it's like, why are you tearing down or coming at somebody who, frankly, you can just have differing opinions? Because Why we gotta when, go to name calling? Because when we are the only one in white spaces, we find the most adversity amongst each other. Mm -hmm. Think about wow. that. I had more problems with brothers at St. X than I had yeah, with white absolutely. boys. Well, I ain't gonna say all that. I had some problems with Well, I had some, but but <laughs> but I'm just talking about the ones I had to deal with. Right. Right, yep. right, right. I could just avoid that white boy I ain't like. Now I'll say this. The you know what I'm saying? Aside, but uh, but with the brothers, it's like, it's just us here, so I'm dealing with whatever I'm dealing with. You dig what I'm trying right. to say? No, I understand exactly. And I'll say this. I had, I'll say it, I'll put it to you this way. I have all, even to this day, like right now, mm -hmm. on the 30th of June, 2022, I've had still more problems with, as you said, the brothers from Forest Park than I ever had with anybody else. And it was almost like, you you know, like again, like something to prove mm -hmm. where you're not really one of us. And I'm like, dude. Oh, you from Avondale? Well, let's fight. Green Hills. Like, it wasn't my No, fault. that, that was like, really, that was that really my introduction at the park going to hoop. Yeah. Oh, you from Avondale? Where you from? I just moved here from Avondale. Oh, well, let's fight. Where? Right. That's how you get right. down? So, yeah. so because I'm from the Dale, I'm from A1. Now you want to prove yourself to say you could fight an A1 dude. Man, come on, man. Listen, Stop. I, listen, I was Stop. in the gifted. I was your in the parents, gifted. Your, both of your parents work at Procter and Gamble. You, you got <laughs> right. you got three cars in the driveway. That's why Leave you me here. alone, bro. That's Stop why playing with here. me. I'm not the one for that. It was all it was all new money in for but that's the thing I'm saying. Like I was in yeah. the gifted program. So again, I'm I'm over at Beachwood and Lakeside. And then it was like, what do you mean you want to fight? Why, dude? I live right down the street. Like we can fight if you want to, but right. Why? At the end, it's of the not day, gonna go how you think, though. Yeah, it, well, that's yes. one. It definitely ain't gonna go how you think. But also, like we still, it's still Cincinnati, dog. Like at the end of the day, I got pulled over just as many times as you did. Like mm -hmm. I'm still. We'll just hey, they ain't got to bleep this out. I'm still a nigga in Cincinnati. Like yeah, so. It, like the whole classism and separation, like it, it's still, it's still to this day, you know, there versus real ones versus fake ones. And, mm -hmm. it, and that's like, that's, that's still a quick death uh, mm -hmm. and a quick sentence to the grave for that. Just because it, it doesn't make any sense that we still are divided at this point when we all know who our common enemy is and we still fighting against each other like it it we got to do better that, that's really what it comes down to because i know we got to rap but uh we got to do better absolutely mm -hmm.
Uh, let's um, take a slight turn here away from that conversation. And unless you have literally been living under a rock <laughs> or you took a trip to, you know, the International Space Station or something, I don't know how you would have missed it, but uh, it felt like the entire country from coast to coast lost their collective mind because the Supreme Court came out last Friday, mm -hmm. almost a week ago, and decided, guess what? Uh, we're going to go ahead and change this. And so Roe versus Wade, basically, they stripped it of its um, precedent and its power to be able to effectively make abortion legal in mm -hmm. all 50 states. Now, obviously, there's been a lot of chipping away. On the federal level. They yeah, just left it up level, to the states. Right, exactly. It, they basically, like, like I said, they, they yeah. took it away and moved it back to the states and said, <clears throat> clearly, Roe was an overreach. Leave it to the states. And now, where you have a stronger conservative Republican um, influence, they basically decided, well, we're just going to go ahead and get rid of it or make it where it's impossible because you don't even necessarily know that you're pregnant. Anyway, my question is this, and I want to do this kind of in two parts. One, how should men approach the topic of Roe versus Wade? And then the second part of it is, and this is kind of near and dear to my heart, where should people's faith enter the conversation? Mm. But let's start with the whole men part because one of the things I found is that immediately women just started coming out the woodwork like oh you know vasectomies for everybody until you're ready to have kids and I'm like mm -hmm. yeah I hear you but <laughs> you know now we got to get practical because I'm not going um, right you know but where should men fall in on this conversation because and again part of the reason why I ask it this way is because it almost feels like even when men, and we find this in other conversations and other topics too, where men want to be allies and they're actually like, I'm on your side with this, that it's really not my job to tell you how to control and how to manage your body. It's almost like you get shouted down, like whatever, you have a penis, so therefore shut up. But where hmm. should men come in on the conversation when it comes to uh, the rights of a woman to control her body, Roe versus Wade, all that kind of stuff. Paul, you first. Well, I'll say this. Um, I don't believe we should have anything to do with anything to decide what women do with their bodies. I believe that the whole committee should have been women and they should have huddled up and decided whatever the hell they were going to decide about how they were going to handle this part of whatever. With that said... I believe Roe versus Wade was incomplete. I believe had it included male prenatal rights, we would still have it as law. We wouldn't have things like Ray Carruth. We wouldn't have the child support hustle, which is what inspired the Ray Carruth. So as a man... No, 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 um, no, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah, we got a history on this. I got to sit up in my chair now. Mm -hmm. um, you're going to need to go back because okay. you start throwing out names like Ray Carruth and there's people that have no idea the context of what you're talking about. And, and I really want to uh, not let, I don't want to necessarily take over the whole conversation, but I feel like this, what you just said, mm -hmm. it actually deserves 
Like, please get up on yeah. your soapbox. It's an it's an important show. space. That that's then a real please, space right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> go there. And like I said, we have a history on this. This goes back. Oh yeah, to yeah. the planning back of to, all back, this, back this to whole conversation. This our yeah. podcast, yes. honestly, is predicated on this very conversation. So go ahead, yes. share that. So, Ray Caruth was a, a, a brilliant athlete, a football player. Uh, played at the University of Colorado, was drafted to the Carolina Panthers, okay. um, and was, a, like I said, brilliant athlete, returner, receiver. Um, and he, like young boys do, shot the club up with, with, with a nice young lady. Um, and maybe I should use a different lingo. Um, he had unprotected sex with a woman that resulted in a child that he didn't want. And she was refusing to abort because he made a lot of money. He, in his immature, sick mind, decided to hire someone to kill her and the baby to avoid paying child support because he had no prenatal rights. Had he been able to say, that's, I don't want to raise that baby. Had been had there been a contract available, had there been some rights through Roe v. Wade where he could have acknowledged, you know what, I'm not going to be on the hook for that baby. I'm not going to be around for that baby. If she wants to be a mother to that baby, that's fine. She can have it. I'm out. The same way a man could want a baby and under Roe v. Wade, a woman could say, I don't want this baby. And that man has to sit there and deal with her decision. The same way a man, if he's unmarried to a woman and has a baby, could still want that baby. And she could say, I don't want this baby and give it up for adoption. Man has no rights once conception has occurred. So I believe if there was some sort of contract, some sort of um, procedure a protocol where a man could abscond from parenting the same way a woman can abscond from parenting. And she still can. She can still give up the baby for adoption. She As literally a man, has all the cards. She still has the card. She just doesn't have that card. Right? And it actually I, changes the calculus when you introduce the man's ability to basically say, listen, I don't, I don't want to participate. Right. I've been a long proponent for male prenatal rights. And for the life of me, every woman that I've had this conversation with says, hey, if you don't want a baby, wrap it up. Okay, well, now the SCOTUS has told you, if you don't want a baby, wrap it up. Right. Now you out here like a man. Now we equal. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Which in a weird way was what you fought for. Um, yeah, which is what you fought for. Exact, you know what? Now we say the same thing. Like, hey, you, you like my daddy used to always tell me, oh, you want to be treated like my. Be careful what you wish for. You want to be treated like them? Well, I'm gonna treat you like them. Mm-hmm. You want to be grown? You don't want everybody. You you want to be grown until you grown. There you go. So you got to do what grown folks do. As a man, as a as a man of three boys. I wish Roe v. Wade would be whatever, you know, back in whatever. I'm 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 pro-choice all the way. I'm for women to have control of their bodies. But I also find the irony 
in the situation from a lot of women who told me, if you don't want a baby, keep it in your pants. What say you, Andre? Go on, jump in on this before I double back <laughs> to this conversation about Ray Carruth, because I got some thoughts on that. Well, I do want to make one modification to the Ray Carruth standpoint that Paul said, which is we I'm not going to say that she only wanted his money. Like once a woman gets pregnant, right. there there's an attachment that I've seen that may have also been a considering factor on why she because it grows on baby. As yes, as so I'm just I'm just doing that for for fairness. Like now mm-hmm. that that's that. But now that we get back to my standpoint, um, I'm like I think we it, I think it's simple <clears throat> enough to say we all agree that men ain't got no business telling women what to do with their body. Like I think we mm-hmm. we're all there. Um, Mm -hmm. but the, I guess where I'm at with it is the election was a game till it wasn't a game. Um, Mm -hmm. we, Mm. all the women, I'll get around to it. Right. All the, all the women who didn't vote, um, because of our emails, uh, this is this is kind of where you ended up here. Like I, like, so there's a part of me that's sitting here saying, Man, I feel for you because there are legitimate causes of why, mm-hmm. you know, abortions happen and things like that outside of just I don't want the baby. Because right. the one thing that annoys me about the system itself is that you can make numbers do whatever you need numbers to do in order to tell the story to justify what you want to. If a woman has a miscarriage and the, and the miscarriage doesn't go all the way through, they have to abort the the pregnancy. And that counts mm-hmm. as an abortion. Mm-hmm. Um even though it's a medically necessary, because you can't have a living organism or or a dead organism inside your body because your body starts to attack it, and then it causes infection. Yes, yeah. so even so, there's there's different medical reasons on why abortions happen outside of I don't want the baby, but they're all lumped together as far as abortions and things like that. Similar so, how they the, categorized COVID, where it was like it, it became convoluted instead of it being clean. Right. Every right, death. Right. They, they called a COVID death wasn't necessarily what mm-hmm. might consider a COVID death. Right. But the Re- Republicans have taken this and, and spun the numbers to make it match whatever it was. So, like, all these babies are being killed and there's a there's a, a significant nuance. Yeah, but, there's nuance and there's the, the gray matters. Um, so there's a significant amount that weren't going to make it or the mom's life was mm-hmm. in danger or the baby's life was in danger. All these different things that come into play that we have no business being able to say, hey, well, sorry about your luck. Uh, it's God's will. Let's let's let, you know, the Lord take over, what have you. It's it's a really unfair situation. I'm, uh, you know, a dad of three daughters. So I I definitely want them to be able to make the choices that they want to make. But also mm-hmm. this is another element that they don't talk about, which should be discussed, is that I'm a husband of a black woman. And black mm-hmm. women in medical rooms don't receive the same treatment, don't receive the same care, mm-hmm. and don't often have the same outcomes as other races when they go into a hospital room. And my wife almost these, died in childbirth. Man, I, so all of these things come into play when we're sitting here discussing women's rights, and it's beyond reproductive rights. Like it's beyond abortions. It's a, it's, there's a whole litany of things that are about to happen that they've opened the door to, to make decisions on behalf of women that, that I know people are selling, or not people, but th- there's a portion of people 
Bible thumpers and things like that that are celebrating at this moment. But as time goes on, it's not going to play out in their favor. And, and it's a sad state of affairs on where we're at with that because when you need different care and don't have access to it, it's also, you know, another element of a, another way to, to, to kind of cast poor people um, and people who don't have access to things. Because now, if you, well, now at this point, you know, based on states and where you may live, you may have to go to a different state to have an abortion. Can you afford to get to a different state? Um, can you afford, is your insurance going to cover different medical procedures? Do you even have insurance to do that? Because once, let's just say you're on Obamacare or something like that, now that they've done federal mandates, they may rewrite the laws within that to say, hey, mm-hmm. this is a part that you can't have because you're a fe- this is a federal program. So you're going to have to come out of pocket. Who got twenty to $30,000 for, you know, a procedure, things like that. So it, and, you know, and then as we touched on last week, when you get down to a bunch of unwanted kids uh, in this world, because now I have to have the baby, but we ain't got no formula. We ain't got daycares mm-hmm. through the roof. So we ain't got no education and we ain't got no teachers to teach them. Mm-hmm. But uh, good luck with that. So that's, mm-hmm. that's just, it's just the tip of the iceberg. And it's, I, I don't like the position that we're in right at this point. Yeah, it's coming. And I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take that as an opportunity for me to jump in the pool now because, and, and I'm going to try to be <laughs> concise. Um, number one, you said, Elections matter and your vote and how how people look at politics matter because everybody wants to rail against the GOP. First of all, what I find fascinating is that we get so emotional and caught up. Paul Paul mentioned this, I think it was yesterday, the day before, where he was basically talking about like uh he was he was making a contrast in his joke. It was kind of tongue in cheek between Biden and Trump. Oh, now basically yeah. the same cats, but at least one of them is a, you know, it's a better time. Cause it's a better Trump hang, yeah. I would yeah, rather hang with Trump than Biden, okay. but they the same dude. Biden, if I, if I got to go out like, yeah. Biden doing, you know, tea and warm milk or whatever. Yeah, and I ain't trying to eat. Going to bed by nine. And Trump is out here doing outside at, at, outside at Mickey, Mickey D's <laughs> in the drive-thru at 1130. Now, here's right. the thing. And, I, and the reason why I bring that up is not because I, I understand what he's coming from. I tell people all the time. I would much rather spend my time hanging with George W. Bush than I would Barack mm-hmm. Obama. But yeah. the thing about it is that has nothing to do with my politics. Right. And what I agree with. And I don't want lot, people I, I would hang with running stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. People, I, I'm a I'm a I'm a solid dude, I, but listen, the people I, I would actually people, like hang with, thing. I don't want y'all in charge. Listen, no, forget in charge. I tell people all the time, some <laughs> of my best friends. They have never spent time with my children for more than five minutes. And there's a reason. Without me being in the room. <laughs> it ain't because they're going to hurt them on purpose. Right. But, you you know, I'm an adult. I can, I can, you know, I've, my views are built up and, and I know how to protect myself. I can't have my babies around you. <laughs> you ignorant, you know. The right. point is that, and I bring this up because, and I'll say this. And I'm going to say it with my chest, even though I know it's probably going to get some backlash. We don't all, sometimes I think we look at the body politics and we treat it like, well, we want to be just like them. Mm -hmm. Stop being just like them. Stop voting against your own interests. If you truly care about something, 
then stop worrying about the fact that, well, I just didn't like the way that she said this, or I don't like her voice, or I don't like her facial expressions, or she seemed kind of boring, or he seems like he... Dude, if you have an agenda, if you have things you care about, then that's what you need to understand. Like, I don't... It's like my dad used to always tell me. He said, I, I don't need my chief of police to be a choir boy. I don't need my mayor, my governor, my city manager to be the person with the most integrity. Can he get the job done? Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, I need the job done. Now that's number one. Number two, getting back more squarely on this, um, as someone who is a uh, minister, and that is my vocation, like that's not just a job for me, but that is my passion, that's what I do. Whether mm -hmm. I'm, you know, coaching a sport for kids or whether I'm out here with my business at my store, whatever it is. One of the things that bothered me about this whole conversation is there was a meme that someone put out there and I just reposted it because I felt like it was appropriate. It said, this is our country, not your church. Mm -hmm. And I got the brakes beat off of me all over the weekend. And I was thinking, why? Like find the lie part of the thing that troubles me the most is that people and I'll say it especially black people have allowed the okie doke allowed the curtains to be pulled over their eyes where it's like they have somehow allowed religion and their faith to somehow get mixed into politics and that doesn't mean that I'm not going to vote or be an activist or care about certain issues based on what my belief system is. I mean, you can't possibly divorce those things internally unless you're just, I don't know, schizophrenic or something. I don't know how you would do it. But my point is, it is not my job to dictate to somebody, especially in a country that claims to be a separation of church and state. Mm -hmm. It's not my job to enforce on Paul or Andre what my belief system is. And mm -hmm. I even came back with that and I said, guess what? If your God is clapping right now and celebrating because of what the Supreme Court just did, or if your God is angry or sad or whatever, then your God is too small. Because what I can tell you is, if you truly believe in a God that cares that much about what the Supreme Court just did, then your God is weak. My God mm -hmm. controls the entire universe there are black holes opening up and the universe is constantly expanding dude just like you know it's like people talk about well yeah but you're setting us back to a time back in the 1920s what you know what they did back in the 1920s they found a way and they had to do it through faith and they had to do it trusting in god they had to do it praying they had, you find a way but this idea that god is somehow on your side of the issue I have a problem with that, and especially coming from the pulpits in America, coming from mm -hmm. people who are claiming to be bringing God's word. And I'm talking specifically Christians. I mean, because, you, know, you know, other people have different faiths, and I respect that. But I'm speaking from my perspective now. Stop trying to hijack the conversation and make abortion and Roe versus Wade. Because here's the deal. You know, when you think about it, and Andre touched on this. I never knew what an atopical pregnancy was until I knew what it was, until mm -hmm. somebody explained it to me. Mm 
Mm-hmm. You know, when somebody has a tuba pregnancy, I didn't know what that was. I didn't understand that even though something is not technically an abortion, mm-hmm. you need a doctor who is capable of abortion style procedures. And it may not be as simple as, well, guess what? You're in Idaho, catch a flight to Washington and get it done because it might be an emergency procedure and they Mm -hmm. don't have time. Forget Mm -hmm. the money. Being rich don't save you when you're in a car accident Mm -mm. and you bleeding out. You got to get to the nearest location. And if a woman is sitting there bleeding out Mm -hmm. and she needs what we would quote unquote call an abortion, I don't have time to get from Jackson, Mississippi to Oregon. Oregon. I don't have time to get to the nearest state where it's available. And so it's irresponsible just from a medical perspective to not revisit. Frankly, you brought this up at our last piece where it's like, it's just lazy to not Mm -hmm. be more nuanced with the conversation. And that's why it bothers me and it kind of grinds my gears that people are taking this faith and religious perspective to this procedure as though it's just always about a woman not wanting a child. How about she just don't want to die? Rev, let me ask you this. How about she just wants to live? Because she got other babies at home and she got a responsibility to them. She got a responsibility to her husband and she's taking care of her mama. And this is actually going to jeopardize her life or it's going to jeopardize her uh, career. Okay. Because it's easy. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Mm -hmm. With Christianity in America and the racial nuance with Christianity in America, do you think that has to do with RV? Wait, one hundred percent. Because of the infertility rates and 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 yeah, of the of a certain demographic and the Christianity that goes along with it. What do you think about that? And we know this because when the conversation around abortion rights, if you go back and you do the research and you look back into the nineteen fifties and in the nineteen sixties, what you will find is. Most Baptists, and we're talking about like going back because you can document what was going on. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get too far from the conversation. They had more. That is a particular uh, tradition that had more records. They were more mm-hmm. uh, politically active and things like that. So you can go back and see what they wrote and what they taught and what they believed. They were all, for the most part, pro-choice. And their mm-hmm. reason was, it is not your job to dictate to me as a government what I should be able to do with my body. Similar to the, that's why I brought up COVID, similar to the COVID conversation, where with COVID, it's not your job to tell me I have to be mandated to take this vaccine. I don't want to put it in my body. I don't want to take a vaccine. I don't want to do that. And so that was the position. The problem is you can't cherry pick and decide that you're not going to dictate something to me when it comes to COVID. And Full disclosure, I'll just share this now because it's like we're kind of past it at this point. I went ahead and I got vaccinated. I didn't have any problem with it. I did the research and I was cool with it. I wasn't one of the first ones, but I understood it and it worked out. Mm -hmm. And even though I was one and I encourage people to do it, here's the thing. I wrote more COVID exemption letters for people than most people would even realize because I felt mm-hmm. like if you're sincerely in your faith, you don't want to take something in your body. And I gave them the scriptures that will support that. You don't mm-hmm. tell another man mm-hmm. that he has to be vaccinated. You don't tell another man that he has to risk 
putting mm -hmm. something foreign in his body that he's not aware of. And in the same way, you can't use that argument to say, you're not going to vaccinate me and you're not going to give me this, you know, thing to inject. But then you're going to tell another woman mm -hmm. what she can or cannot do. It's, you know, our girl, Catherine, she pointed this out. She was like, which, again, is news to me because I'm not a woman. I've never taken a birth control pill. But mm -hmm. she was like, you can use birth control pills. She said, mm -hmm. all that's going to happen is the amount of miscarriages or I didn't know I was pregnant. Oops. You know, I lost a baby. It's just going to increase. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. What they call it? An infanticide or whatever it's called. Mm -hmm. I, I, I hope I'm not butchering the word. But that's the point. It's going to happen. I, my only thing is this. We have to be consistent. Mm -hmm. We yeah. have to be consistent about the conversation. We can't pick and choose when it's right to somehow inject Jesus into the conversation, but then want to take him out when it's something we don't want to do. Well, I'm talking about the premise of Trump and everything. I'm talking about the racial component behind this, where white women just aren't churning out white babies at the rate that the rest that, of us are. But that's what the research in America. support. If you go back into the 50s and the 60s, when they started to discover this is actually they said during when they did the census, okay. it came out. What was it? Two years ago, I guess it was or a year ago for uh, the, the teens, you know, the 2010 mm -hmm. through 2019. Right. They said this is actually the first time in this country's history where uh, white people actually had less children. Mm -hmm. Then the people who actually died, their numbers actually started going in reverse. Right. That's and what so, I'm saying. Right. And so my point is, unfortunately, and this is another sub again, don't get me started. This is another conversation. We already day, started. We start talk, OK, well, we here now. Then. But when you start talking about evangelicals, unfortunately, people don't want to accept the fact that the reason why evangelicals are so tightly intertwined and bound to the Republican Party and the GOP is strictly it's not about policy. It is strictly about race. It's the race reason why so and religion. much it, it's, it's race and religion. Yeah. They're, they're tied together. It's mm -hmm. the reason why somebody like me, people just assume that I'm some liberal. They just assume that I'm somebody out here who believes in all. Well, because we're black. You know, because I'm we're black. black men, we automatically vote Democrat, right? Absolutely. And it's like there is no nuance. There is literally, pun intended, there's, you know, there's no gray matter. When the right. fact of the matter is, no, there's plenty of gray matter in there. And all I'm saying is that we have to be smart enough uh, as, as somebody try to kind of take a diss at me like, well, you're taking the bait. No, you're taking the bait. You're taking the bait because you think that I'm somehow advocating that women should just go out here willy nilly and give up their pregnancies. And what I'm saying is there's more to it than that. Absolutely. And right. if you really want to hear more about this, uh, feel free to log in and uh, watch me Sunday because I'm gonna talk about it. Mm -hmm. I got a whole, I, I got time in the pulpit this Sunday, so we gonna uh, get to it because Jesus has something else to say about it. Well, and well, then you add in the, and that's what I'm saying. The racial component is is ironic because abortion uh, was, if I'm not mistaken, uh, was was. Was is about population control of a certain Absolutely. demographic, right, right, yeah. right. Well, so Billy I, and I wanted to get catch up real quick because Billy said something about you know separation of church and state, and that's what it's supposed to be. 
But this has mm-hmm. never this has never been about separation of church and state to make decisions. This mm-hmm. is about money. Like let's mm-hmm. it, it just like everything else in this country, we need to we don't need to separate church from politics. We need to separate money from politics. Because one, we talked about our friends not being the ones who run the country. Billy tearing the club up. Uh oh. But uh we talk <laughs> we're talking about our friends not being one to run the country. But the problem is right now, like just to rewind real, real quick, the problem in this entire scenario was never Trump or Joe Biden. The problem was our choices were Trump and Joe Biden, and those were our only mm-hmm. choices. Correct. Because oh, they weren't. No, I we, mean, no, we, we made had, those our only choices. Well, that's what we, I'm we saying. Made, we like made it end, binary. At the end of the day, those were our only viable choices. But the problem mm-hmm. is we don't, we don't have the best people. We have the biggest fundraisers. And that's why right. I'm saying that we need to, like, I'm a, the one thing nobody's ever going to do, but I'm in favor of is fuck it, put a salary cap on, uh, on uh, campaigns. <laughs> and let's see who the best win is at that point. Like, right. Everybody gets got a hundred racks. Right. You got a hundred thousand. Make it work. Make, make it, work. it work. And then now we if see you really about that life. You will. Right. But right now we doing we giving the whoever can raise the most money is pretty much in the in the running for whoever's mm-hmm. you know president what it's going to be and best commercials best speechwriter wins and all of that and we're not getting the best because money financials take uh, eliminate most of the best candidates. And so that's that's just my part on that. But when we come back to looking at how the church does it and it's we talk about, I guess this is going to be a day of irony. What the hell? But, you know, we have the, the Catholic Church who is, you know, shouting they love Jesus and we can't have abortions. Mm-hmm. You got to have these babies. Now, they skipped over the part of the Catholic preachers and what mm-hmm. was going on there. Um, mm-hmm. But God, God is not pleased right. with this part. God is not right. pleased with that's this exactly- abortion. And that's my point, especially. <laughs> and I'll even rewind it just before, because you know, God will forgive you blowing little boys' backs right. out, but, <laughs> but, but that, yeah, but, but right. that abortion, but now. that abortion thing is intolerable. Like we need you to have those babies so we can ruin their lives, right? Okay? So we can. Co- we need more busters. We need more people we can pick on. There you go, people we can bully. And, and I'll just back it up here because you mentioned this about money and politics and putting a cap on it. While I do believe that is part of it, I believe there's more to it because if we're actually going to have some integrity about it, the reason why you get decisions like what we get, the people that are being put on the Supreme Court, think about Clarence Thomas. Clarence Thomas literally was put on the Supreme Court by um, Herbert Walker Bush, George Herbert Walker Bush, the first one. And he was taking Thurgood Marshall's seat. He literally found a black man that would like the most self-hating black man he could find that was a conservative that could get on the court. He wasn't eminently qualified. Not black voices. Exactly. And so I'll take it a step further though, because Paul mentioned this about the faces and, and how we're selecting. We talked about this last week, how we select our leaders. But even when we think about this past election cycle, Everybody's reason for putting Joe Biden up there, and I don't even disagree with the reason, was we can't go through another four years of Trump, so find the one person who is electable. And here's the problem with that. Not that he was the one person who could get through. He clearly proved that he could get through. He squeaked it out. But nobody even considered an Andrew Yang. Right. Not seriously. 
Nobody or, considered or, uh, him Pete Buttigieg. Or what's his name? Booty Gatch? Yeah. Booty Judge, yeah. Nobody yeah. considered him seriously. And here's my point. They actually are the type of leaders who could have fixed a lot of the problems that we're in right now because if they, they would have been allowed to govern. They didn't but let they, they didn't let Obama govern. That's exactly That's the right. point. They wouldn't let and they wouldn't yeah, because these because the those two men are gay. Because yeah. those two men are openly gay, I yeah. doubt that Congress and the Senate would have allowed them to govern because exactly they right. would have tried to just keep getting elected for the next guy. You understand what I'm saying? Right. Right. Because this and, is, and when you, the entire thing isn't about acting on behalf of the people. It's about acting no. on behalf of whatever keeps your job. So they mm-hmm. tell you they make these campaign provinces. They say whatever it is to get them elected. And then after that, you know, to hell with it. I just, you know, I'm going to keep doing status quo. I'm going I'm to follow the money. I'm going to keep doing whatever it is in my best interest to keep the people happy. They keep giving money to my campaign to get me back right where I am again. And, like, just, mm-hmm. to, and just because we've gone way past, but just to button this up, like it or not, the reason why Hillary Clinton did not win back in 2016 is because white women didn't vote for her. White women. White that's women what, didn't. And that's what I'm women, at with this march that y'all have it now is because you yes, didn't march back then. Because That's exactly right. Because you couldn't get past the fact that you didn't like something about Hillary Clinton or you just didn't respect her decision to stay with Bill or you felt like she was an opportunity. Whatever you may have thought, the fact of the matter is, and Paul said it perfectly, this is about governance. And the idea that you're a person, like there's a lot of stuff I don't agree with, but you know, maybe, and I'm saying that from a faith perspective, but it's not about me. I gotta live with the other 330 uh, million people in this country. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are women. A lot of them are poor. And I have to be concerned about it because it, part of my faith and a part of our ministry, because I'm trying to do it the right way, means I then have to support them. I have to help them. I have to minister to them. I have to be willing to sacrifice for them, which means that, no, I don't I don't want them making a bad choice because it was better than a worse choice. You mm-hmm. know? Right. But right. We, unfortunately, we'll have to leave it there for now. And then jump, as they say, from the... Um, frying pan directly into the fryer. Well, mm-hmm. frying pan into the fire. Is that how it goes? Frying pan. Well, whatever it is. Uh, we're going to go from hot to hotter and now you can't get much hotter than this one here. R. Kelly just got 30 years. I'm going to just let that <sighs> marinate for a, a minute because a 30 time. years is a long time. That's a long time. Man. A that's lot it. can change in 30 years. That's it. Yeah. That boy so, 50, right? He 55. So he'll be it, 85. If he lives out his entire sentence, he will be 80 on the day he's released. Now, obviously, fed time and all this other And I'm going to be there on the tour if I'm alive. And and I'll say this. <laughs> sorry. I'm going to say this. Sorry, America. <laughs> sorry, the world. I'm yeah, sorry. Listen, it is what we, it we is. Coming, I'm going to get there, Paul. We're going to get there. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> Let Bill come out on Fall tour. start. I'm in the building. Fall start. <laughs> What'd you say, Andre? <laughs> you remember how we used to do it? You come out the block just to get the jitters out, right? Man, like, right. Because <laughs> you, knew, you know how it was back in high school. It was like... You get one false start before they actually disqualify you. So Paul was just getting the jitters out of everybody so we could kind of, you know. 
It is what it is. I, I'm not saying nothing wrong. Right. <laughs> oh, he going to sing the song. Listen, let's try this again. So R. Kelly got 30 years. This, this just mm-hmm. came out, what was it, yesterday? yesterday. And he should have got that shit. I'm and, sorry. He should have um, got that stuff, too. I want to ask this question be because <laughs> so much of this is why the gray matters is the gray matters because I, I need to understand how it is that we still... Why it is we have such a visceral reaction towards R. Kelly, but we still recognize uh, President's Day? Uh, why it is that we still sing the Star Spangled Banner? Like, they will, for better or worse, whatever you think about it, Colin Kaepernick was like, nah, I'm just going to sit here. I'm not standing up for this. Mm-hmm. And he had his reasons, whatever you right. think of his reasons. And he was vilified by. No less than half. Immediately. Like, Immediately. oh my gosh, it's so disrespectful. But the fact of the matter is, if you consider the charges that R. Kelly was charged and convicted of, and then you go back and you look at the writers of the National Anthem, mm. all the different America, the beautiful, even a lot of, I'll take it here, even a lot of the gospel hymns. Brigham Young. We sing every Sunday. The men who wrote them were, dare I say, far more flagrant than R. Kelly was. And yet we're able to separate. Dude was foul. (laughs) Dude was pretty foul. I'm (laughs) sorry. (laughs) Dude was hella foul. But my point is, we're able to separate the music from the person from their character. We're able to separate their contributions from the individual, right? We don't have to appreciate their lifestyle. And so the question I want to just, I guess, throw out here now is, why is it that we're unable to appreciate? Because I don't care who you are. I'm not even asking this question. I'm telling you, if he is nothing else, R. Kelly is a brilliant writer of music. Like unquestionably one of the greatest of my lifetime. Why can't we separate the music from the person's obvious flaws and shortcomings? And you both are musicians. You can appreciate this. So whoever wants to take it first, where are we at with this? I can only chuckle because I'm still, this whole day is just so ironic. Like it, it just, Mm -hmm. it's filled with irony. Like we talked about the Bible and, and, all of all of this and like we're gonna just skip over what king james did yeah mm. that, that's another story for another day um okay Damn, but, lord um, but lord bars bars yes yeah that's the snippet for the week right there that's the snippet for the week if it's not from the king james version but proceed on right talk that talk man um so the national anthem. So I, we're going to get to the whole entire, you know, R. Kelly of it and all and and being able to separate the art from the artist. But um, I need to start at the beginning, which is I had an argument. And I don't even know if it was an argument. It was a one-sided conversation because I, I pretty much dominated that one um, about the national anthem. And like the one thing that I'm getting, like I, I got sick of it during the Colin Kaepernick, you know, protest phase 
and I'm still sick of it, is once they made the protest about the actual national anthem itself mm-hmm. and, right. and the song. And to me, this is an unofficial poll, but I am pretty comfortable in saying that the national anthem does not mean the same to black people as it does to white people. I have listened to this song millions of times at this point, somewhere in that range because of all the sports and all of that. I have never felt anything when that song played. Not one no, time. I, ju- I just wanted to be um, over so we could play ball. That That's it. Mm-hmm. But like, but white men are telling us this is we're supposed to have a feeling when this song comes across. No. But at the beginning of time, you made us write uh, our own national anthem because you didn't want us participating in yours. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for us to be in a country that never wanted us and spent a majority of my grandparents lifetime, my parents lifetime and most of my lifetime telling me that you don't want me here. Why am I supposed to feel something about a song that represents you? Mm-hmm. But that's so. This is where my my uh, I guess it's not really anger or frustration because I'm beyond that at this point because it's just stupid at this point. You know, yeah, uh, yeah, right. I'm numb to the whole fact that mm-hmm. we're supposed to participate in something that's a reminder that we never wanted you here in the first place. Now, the writers of the national anthem completely flawed. The premise of the national anthem completely flawed. Now, let's go back. I know you know we talk about being from you know Forest Park. I'm originally from Louisville, Kentucky. You can tell I'm from Louisville because I say Louisville. Um, mm-hmm. And, and not that, Louisville. There's no. <laughs> <laughs> Louisville. Yeah, Louisville. Louisville, where my old Kentucky home is played yes. before every game. Mm-hmm. That yeah. song is not of us either. Um, so, mm-hmm. uh, so for that, like we oh. celebrate a lot of songs in this country that we're told black people need to get over. Um, but what about Acho playing the piano on the Earl Campbell joint with the Texas song. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Or, oh, he was singing his little heart, his little Nigerian heart out. He had no clue, did he? Because he has no contact. He has or no he has contact. No to or that None. University of Texas made, hey, this is a mandate that y'all gonna sing this song mm-hmm. because I don't care how racist it is, y'all gotta sing this song if y'all gonna play for this football program. And then you wonder why y'all didn't have anybody drafted in the last couple of years, but that's neither here nor there. You know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, there may be a correlation, I'm just saying. But um, it's good. just... But there's just this weird dynamic of people telling us how we're supposed to feel about something and how we're supposed to go about it when every day y'all make us try to separate the art from the artist. But then when we come to this scenario with R. Kelly and Bill Cosby and we don't really the, the problem is like I went to see the Elvis movie. And I got mm. flack for it. Like, I wrote the movie. Like, yo. Like, right. I, I saw that. To I had to jump do. in and save you, dog. Like, all I did was, was go. And just me and him share the same birthday. I wanted to see what the story was about. I like Tommy. You Hanks. live in Tennessee, for God's sake. And <laughs> Right. Same so, way around. Right. So, I mean, it was a, it was a good flick. Like, I liked it. Right. But either here, that like, we're walking down this rabbit hole of things that if you really knew the, the whether it's the old hymns or the new gospel songs and the mm-hmm. people who wrote them, if you knew about their lifestyle, mm-hmm. 
you may not sing that song with the same vigor that you you thought you was singing it with in church because mm-hmm. there's a lot of questionable people who are writing the biggest hits and I and this is not an opinion this I know this like like Absolutely. Billy said we're we are me and Paul are both artists from the music industry mm-hmm. I know the people who wrote some of these songs and I know yeah, the lifestyle they, they that some foul. of these people have super and, foul but we we want to sing a lot R Kelly like you the radio would be real silent um, if we really peeled back the curtain, you would be CBC. stuck. Wouldn't with be me. no bass. <laughs> yeah, you'd be stuck with me. I would be the hottest Jerry thing. Lee Lewis. Look up, just Google Jerry Lee Lewis. Wouldn't be Man. no bass. Forget not only that, but here's the thing, and, and I'm because I'm an equal opportunity one here. There's people to swear by the Marvin Gaye's and Sam Cooks and Lou Rawls and Quincy Jones of the world, and I'm just name dropping the like I said the low hanging fruit. But Easy. Before I pass it over to you, Paul. Uh, what I find fascinating, and, and Andre kind of you know brought it up. What, what I find fascinating is how, when we think about separating the art from the artist, mm-hmm. and, and you mentioned this about Acho. Acho was singing that song, mm-hmm. and he has no kind. He has no connection no. to any of that pain. None. What I find fascinating is that. The same people who are out here flogging R. Kelly are the same people that don't seem to realize how flagrantly they are disregarding maybe things that are painful to me. Artists out there who are disrespectful and they live lifestyles that are, um, I consider them to be just absolutely wrong. Or deviant. But they're but they, deviant. There, there you go. That's the thank you, a better word. But my point is their deviant behavior, while it it is personal for me, they don't have a connection to it, right? Mm-hmm. So it's almost like I'm upset because, because let's be honest, there's so many women out there that are just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that he went out here and he took advantage of all these girls. And what fascinates me about that in particular is that I've heard very little. I've heard a little but very little conversation about the parents hmm. that were completely complicit and hmm. putting their daughters out there. Hmm. It wasn't just a matter of R. Kelly was not just sending his boys, <clears throat> his team out there to the park or to the mall with candy and just grabbing some 14 and 15 year old girls. I mean, he kind of was. Well, OK, he was. But my point is, he did a lot. He, he did he, a lot. He, he was doing it. He was he doing the most. Okay. Okay, <laughs> he was let, creative. Full disclosure: I'm not defending Arquette. What I'm saying is that when you actually go back, let's just face it: if you went back and you paid attention to any of the documentary, what you'll find is that these weren't just rant. In other words, he wasn't just no. kidnapping people off the street. Right. There was a lot. Of things that broke mm-hmm. that happened in between to get these girls to the studio, get them to his compound, and there's a lot of parents that got to answer some questions about why in the world would you send your 14 or 15 year old daughter to see this grown man anyway when everybody know they did. Like we talk about Cosby all the we time. We talked about your sports did. last week, right? That's my mm. point. It was an opportunity. You thought it was an opportunity, just like <laughs> when we talk about Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby told. He told he gave you the blueprint. He told you that he was using Quaaludes. He told you he was calming you down. He told right. you he was getting you relaxed. 
I'm not justifying the deviancy of their behavior. What I'm saying is, are we going to talk about all aspects of it or are we just going to throw them away? Because just like we want to give nuance or well, that was just a different time back when the founding fathers were living their lives and, the, you know, the Francis Scott Keys of the world and these different people. When that was just a different time and slavery was different and the way we lived in this country were different. Well, guess what? That was a different time, too. Are we going to look at all sides of it or are we just going to throw R. Kelly, his art, mm-hmm. away without there being an ability? Because I, I personally, I get tired of people looking at me sideways because R. Kelly came on the radio and I didn't turn it off. Because guess what, man? I've been singing I Believe I Can Fly like mm-hmm. since it came out. Like, Help me out, Paul. What's your take? We forgive who we like. Mm. Mm. Right. So Donald Trump had hookers and and and, you know, abortions, abortions and 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 children out of wedlock and all kind of things. Right. But he's just the greatest American. You know, he made he's just a man who made some mistakes. But Michael Vick fought some pit bulls mm. and we'll never let that go. Mm. You so stupid, Mike. Yeah, what's wrong with you, Mike? And and you know what? I didn't even know. I'm full full disclosure. I didn't even know fighting dogs was a crime until Michael Vick went to jail. Mm. I did not either. Because I seen it all my whole life. You got a pit. I got a pit. Let's fight him. I ain't going to get no names. I I I ain't going to get no names either. I'm just saying it happened almost every day. Yeah, all the time. I knew where to go. I, I know some people who packed up after the Michael Vick thing happened. Like, oh, <laughs> right, like, oh that, shit, we can't do that. Right, we can't. right. Shut down the operation. Let's right. clean it, bruh, like, <laughs> bruh. So we forgive who we like, right? Like nobody brings up that Gandhi uh, was uh, molesting thirteen and fourteen year old girls. You know, we talk about with Gandhi hunger strike. We know we nobody talks about Gandhi hating Africans. Mm-mm. Literally the, feeling like Africans were less. Yes. Yes. Like, as but quotes, we like this wasn't this wasn't hearsay. Like, there's right. quotes with this. He, he he's literally a racist and a sexual deviant, and we have statues and books and movies about this guy. Yeah. We forgive what we he like. Is, he is lifted up as the example, the model. Thomas Jefferson. We forgive who we like. Take out your money. Everybody who's got a face on your any any cash you have has done way worse than R. Kelly. I have always held the position at R. Kelly. Um, and I'm, unfortunately, it's a woman scorn. He, he messed with the wrong one. I'm not justifying R. Kelly. He's a sick bastard, but he's True. also a brilliant genius. So. It's always talent to tolerance. You know why T.O. got 18 years? Because T.O. was T mother effing O. Yes. If T.O. wasn't T.O., they'd have threw him out the league and he wouldn't have have got out of training camp. Yeah, he wouldn't have got out of training camp. That's right. Talent to tolerance. You better be. In the NFL, they say be the man you can afford to be. Mm. Yeah. Right? So... With Deshaun Watson right now, with Trey Songs right now, Trey Songs been sweeping rape cases under the rug like hotcakes. Ben Roethlisberger. Well, Ben Roethlisberger had two. 
Trey Songs and 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 and, oh, I'm not and, and Deshaun Watson have ongoing issues right. in this no, climate. Just, but I'm just saying, like Ben Roethlisberger was in his situation, and then we just celebrated his last football game last mm-hmm. year with tears oh, yeah. and people holding up signs and crying and all kinds of stuff. Like, and, and guess what? Guess what? In, in about two years, he gonna come back out halftime and they gonna put that seven up in Heinz. Yep. And we all he gonna wave, and we all gonna give him a standing he ovation. Be nothing but terrible towels. <laughs> nothing but terrible towels, just mm-hmm. waving. It's Eighty thousand of them. See the pride, the pride of little town somewhere in Ohio. Went to Miami, Finley. You know, Finley, Finley, Finley. Ohio. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah, you know, we forgive who we like, and at the end of the day. Um, the person with the most charisma gets away with the most. Let me let me let me finish. Let me maybe see if I can bring bring this all to a close here. And I'm gonna ask a question, kind of following what you just said, Paul. Why does R. Kelly need my forgiveness? I don't know why he would need anyone's forgiveness. I never was vested in him emotionally. I love the song. I don't care who he was singing to or who he was singing about. I had friends. Now, let me go back to a few years back, about 10 years ago. Frank Ocean. Remember that Channel Orange yeah, album? I remember, yeah. Beautiful mm-hmm. album. Yeah. Right? And the man came out as gay, and I had people literally tell me they couldn't listen to his album anymore. Yep. And I'm like, this is a beautiful album. It's a masterpiece. Why? Oh, he's gay. He's singing to a dude. Well, I ain't. I don't care who he's singing to. Then don't All listen to Luther. Don't, don't listen to Teddy Pendergrass. Right. Don't listen to Marvin Gaye. Don't listen to Freddie, Freddie Jackson. Don't listen to don't, none don't, don't listen to George don't, Michael. <clears throat> sorry. Can't that, wham, that wham get fired up in the headphones. Can't, Bruh, once in a while. Can't, don't, can't laugh at Richard Pryor like any of these things. Right. Uh, wait. <laughs> if, if you we so hold, quickly throw people away. We Yeah, just because we don't agree with what they do when we're not watching. And here's the point. I'll, I'll just leave it here. Y'all don't know what I'm doing in my private life. I can tell you anything. I can say anything. Mm-hmm. You know, people have managers and handlers for all mm-hmm. that. I like to think of myself as a clean, virtuous, you know, person who has integrity and all that kind of stuff. But the fact of the matter is, I feel like we put in the public arena, we put entirely too much weight on people's private lives. And again, that does not justify criminal behavior. Mm-mm, Let's be clear all. about that. No, the man not is at all. a criminal and he deserves time. Okay. Yeah. You, you, you can't do what R. Kelly did and not deserve time. But that also doesn't mean it's almost like if a politician does something corrupt or they're out here doing something evil. If does that mean we retroactively go back and reverse the laws that they signed in? No. We ain't canceling Elvis or Michael Jackson. Absolutely not. So you I'm not turning if off a our Kelly. Did something dirty. Nah. Come on, Cosby man. Show come on every day, bro. Every day. Every day. And, and and if and if I'm not watching something else, guess what? I'm gonna watch me a little Rudy Huxtable, look Theo Huxtable. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it is what it is, man. All right, everybody. Well, we're about to wrap it up here. But before we do that, as always, we have to do our APBs, the call out. Where you at? What the problem is? You got to show up 
And so we're all going to leave with our final take. Uh, Andre is A. That's how the word, that, that's how it's spelled. So it starts with you. <laughs> who you got this week? So who I'm looking for is a collective. Um, so allow me to rant for a second. I've been real angry this entire episode. So y'all just roll with it. Um, my mm-hmm. APB on this one is on black professionalism. So last week, mm-hmm. my APB mm-hmm. was for support of black businesses, right? Um, but now mm-hmm. that we got to support, I need black businesses and black professionalism to do their part to, to warrant the support. Um, so quick story, went to a soul food restaurant uh, here in Nashville. And food is banging, like love it. But, um, and there's always a but. Um, waitress came and brought me the food, and she turned around to walk away, and I noticed she had a flower print of somebody's hand on her butt mm-hmm. cheek. Mm-hmm. Now, she's dressed in all black, and you got this white handprint, and it was it was definitely cuppage because it was the whole handprint like he it was forensic cuppage. it was forensic files like if dude ever committed a murder it, it, it's it's right there like all of that was there mm-hmm. and so I had to be the one like it took me like twenty minutes to bring it up to her like hey you know by the way I'm not being creepy I'm not doing like right. I had to word it because I I'm married happily married and I didn't want her to think I was checking her out but like I said she in all black with a white handprint on her ass cheek like. I had to bring it to her attention and it got me to thinking like, yo, one, I wanted to tell her because I didn't want people to think other people, because I was there when it opened. So I didn't want Mm -hmm. other people to come in and think, oh, that's how to get down in this restaurant. But two, you don't go to other establishments and see stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's like, that's one instance. And I know some people go and extrapolate the fact that it was a handprint, like take whatever else you want out of it, whether it's servers with bad attitudes, um, you're supposed to open at 10, don't get till, till 1130, make hair appointments for 12, but you forgot and you got to go pick up your kids and you leaving your appointments, uh, you know, unnecessarily on time, things like, like uh, whatever you want it to be black doctors, go to the doctor's office and your appointment's supposed to be at 10, but you ain't seen until one thirty. like all of these different yes. things, like, can we do better? Like, and, and the other quick tangent that put me on this edge was the BET Awards. Now, for the better part of 10 years, <laughs> 10, 11, 12 years, whatever it is, the BET Awards has been known as like a really great day for the culture, really bad day for technology. Like right. we had the one year where sound just cut out. We had the one year where Kanye had a damn fireworks show in the middle of the damn thing. And we mm-hmm. couldn't see Kanye for 10 minutes. We had, mm-hmm. so this past week we had the one and again, no other award show goes through this, like not, not even the NAACP or so it's not just a specific black award show because the soul train awards, the NAACP image awards, like none of these other, the essence awards, none yes, of these. Will Smith literally smacked the taste out of Chris Rock's mouth and they kept the show. They going. kept the show going. I'm sitting here watching. <laughs> Didn't Taraji miss P. a beat. <laughs> I'm sitting here watching Taraji P. Henson say, Hey baby, you standing in front of the teleprompter. What, what in the hell? Like we got people walking in front and tell we got people bragging that they didn't come come to sound check. We got people who got microphones give you and bless his heart. 
who's supposed to be the next Luther Vandross and all these different people. They Stop. hand they handed him that was those was Taraji's words. Gave him the wrong Stop. mic, so the mic he got didn't have auto tune on it. Like all of these different flaws that happen, and it only happens with the BET Awards, y'all. Like I need us to do better because it irks my nerves that the performances themselves were dope. But well, the ones that were in tune were dope. But overall, like we're still looking at a fact that we're putting together a subpar package, and the more people watch this one than anyone in history, and this is what they saw. Like I just need us to tighten it up because, I, like, black professionalism is a thing. Like, there's no reason for the red carpet to have that much titties and ass just out hanging out on the red carpet as mm-hmm. was on the BET Awards. Like, why can't elegance also follow that night? Like, it's just certain things about it that bother me because I was uncomfortable watching the show with my 13 year old daughter because I'm like, yo, this this is a really graphic show. And it's white folks to be, on BET. Man. White folks ran that, and they let white that folks happen. put on the BET awards, oh, they, not they black were, folks, right? And they was happy seeing that shucking and jiving that they was doing mm-hmm. to give a that song that was intentional. That was definitely intentional, but that's all that to say, yo, can we do better? Like, I just mm-hmm. need black professionalism to show up, have mm-hmm. a level that we reach, and and like, and but again, continue to support, but can we can we do our part? That that's my APB for the day. I got a I got a different APB. Um, I want I'm I'm looking for a brother to come back to where he was once upon a time. I'm looking for Jason Whitlock, and I say this because I used to be a fan. I took arrows for this brother. People called me coon because I said, "Yo, Jason Whitlock is all right, man. He ain't all. I don't agree with everything, but he all right. We need other brothers." Who think differently to be speaking? We need See, him. I didn't He's call important. You one, but I sure did think it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I remember when it was happening. Oh yeah, I, man! I used to take arrows for you Jason Whitlock. You definitely took some, some serious arrows for. And, and you know, he from the Midwest. He he from. I know. I understand. I understand Jason Whitlock. I grew up jazz. with people just like Jason Whitlock. So I understood. Like he's not necessarily a coon. He he just he just different. He just think different. He see the world different. Mm. Mm. Bruh, I've been checking your, your your YouTube out. Bruh, it's it's you got mm. me out here bad, dog. Like I can't I can't go no more. I can't go. Um <laughs> you then went from a brother who thinks differently to a brother who don't want to be a brother. Mm. Mm. And that's not the same thing, bro. Like I, I, I'm all about independence, individual thought, and not being a monolith, and us all uh, working together. But you didn't went over here and went straight uh, Trump, straight uh, Bible thump. Like I don't understand, like like what what, what this is about. Like you you know it's 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 weird. This this old you know. Uh, run over shoe tricking you know uh condescending thing is not is not working with me bruh so uh i would like a, a more black jason whitlock to return that's that's my apb mm. wow that's strong yeah yeah you were definitely um you were mostly on an island mm-hmm. you, you were like you were one of the last ones on uh, Jason Whitlock Island, so. And Jason Whitlock said, let me prove Paul wrong. 
Yeah, let me make Paul let let me make I'm this make guy look. All that. <laughs> yeah, no. So everybody who was at my everybody who was at my throat about Jason Whitlock, I gotta say you was right. <laughs> I'm a real one with it. So if if new information is presented to me. Listen. I will change my opinion. I will change my perspective and my thought. No, he dude. Gave you more than enough new information because I ain't going to lie. You remember how we used to ride the Metro? You right. had a 20 going up Winton Road? Right. Man, I got off down on in Winton Terrace. Paul kept riding. Right. Boy, he, he took that thing all the way through Finneytown. Everybody got off. Right. He's still going. Right. I rode <laughs> I all the way like, past the graveyard, <laughs> all the way past the T, you know what man. I'm saying? Up to White Castles, you know what they I'm saying? turning on Kemper Road, headed Bruh. to Tri County. He's still on. I'm like, I'm still, yeah, I'm going Tri County. Mm. Might, yeah, might even take the thing back downtown on, uh, uh, what's that? What's that? Uh, uh, Vine, you got to go back down. Uh, <laughs> no, the, 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 yeah, no <laughs> stop, no. Right. Oh. yeah, man, you rode it all the way. Bro. I rode that you, bus you all the way time. through because right. I like individual thought. Yeah, and, and and even if I don't agree with it, I will respect it. It's right. same with Umar, right? Like I can respect his, the fact that you actually have a cogent thought. Yeah, yeah, uh, Umar. I don't agree with a lot of things Umar say, but you know what I did do? I bought that brother's book, and guess what? He didn't send it to me, just like he ain't built that school. That's another APB. That Where that school APB. at, bro? Oh, Where the school at, bro? <laughs> Right, well, I don't even listen. care about that little yes, funky yes. seventy dollars that I sent you. Where my where the school left for the brothers? Wait a minute, time out. Hold on. I lost seventy dollars messing with Omar. First of all, Andre, we need to put an APB out on my damn book from $60 Omar. dollars of the seventy dollars for a book that he ain't got. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> wow. I sent okay. the brother he because it was a book about uh, navigating. Uh, IEPs and things like that, right? Because mm, I yeah, have right. a son Absolutely. with an IEP, mm. and he had like a whole bunch of. He said the advertisement was a bunch of letters and things that you could send to the school and advocate for your child, whatnot. Yeah, right. And I was like, oh, I need that. Right. Let me get Sit that. the brother. Like, yeah, right. let me get that. I still ain't got that book, man. Yeah, I Maybe bet that. Sent it to I bet that check address. cleared though. No, I know the check. Gone. Money gone, bro. <laughs> Money gone. <laughs> The swindling ass, uh, man, yeah. yeah, Omar right. Crook. I said it. He got me. He got me. Umar got me. Yeah. Andre, you better not cut this out. <laughs> yeah, Umar got me. So Umar, I, think about this. this. Look at my APB, dog. I got Umar and Jason Whitlock. <laughs> Think about me, man. I, I'm all over the place. You can't call me a coon, bro. I listen to Umar and Jason Whitlock. You better not cut this out. <laughs> Ooh, this got to make it. The world need to see this one. So my APB, just to close it out here, is we got to talk about Herschel Walker. Oh, God. Do we got to be done. Do we, do As we a young to. man... Like Herschel Walker was like one of my favorites. Okay. Herschel? Like or yes. Herschel. No, 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 no. Oh. Herschel Walker. I'm talking like Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> I'm talking like don't don't do that. Don't it's do two that. Herschels. I know. <laughs> I, I'm talking about that. The, the one that be singing one. the R and B. The, the no. less sassy one. Right. 
I, I'm talking about Dallas Cowboys, Minnesota Vikings. I'm, come on, man. Georgia, don't do this. Okay. You, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, they're going to do it. I want them yeah, to do I it. I know. I can't wait. Can't wait. Mark Scott. It's not really about Herschel Walker, but you know, as we think about the body politics, this is not a partisan thing. This has nothing to do with his politics. I mean, I kind of find his platform to be ridiculous, but it's not about that. I need political operatives as a whole to do better. Man, I remember when there was um, a lot of people that after the fact, came out and started talking about all this different stuff that Donald Trump did and it was uncovered. And it's like, that wasn't even hard to find. Or there were people that were coming out with things about Joe Biden and saying, mm-hmm. oh, well, you know, Joe Biden did this. And they ran it out of context. Do better. This man got a gang of kids that he not taking care of. And yet he's sitting up on his soapbox talking down to other black men, no less, mm-hmm. about them not being responsible, them somehow not leveling up and measuring up and how the country's so great and, and they just need to do better and they can make it like anybody else, stop making excuses or whatever. Meanwhile, you have actual bodies out here in the streets. You got actual kids. And they sitting in the they sitting in the audience. They sitting in the crowd like, wait a minute, like hands raised, like, do you remember me? And as much as people have made a big deal out of clowning Herschel Walker, notice they waited until after he got the nomination hmm. to do it. Oh, so, why would you do it before? Well, absolutely. That again, but be smarter. Be smarter. Okay. Um, don't be so lazy. There you go. Be willing to do the work. <laughs> just because somebody has a name, just because somebody is recognizable, don't just throw them out there and think that they're qualified. Don't just throw them out there and think that they can actually, they can just be a, a, a suit or a dress in mm-hmm. a seat that's just going to vote in your direction. Actually care about the fact that, that first of all, this man can't get elected. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care how much. Not. He you don't like. <laughs> I, I believe I mean, he can. Here's the thing: if Trump got elected, why can't he? Here's the thing, though. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna put it like this: if you remember how everybody was saying, "Oh my goodness, if Donald Trump get elected, I'm moving out of the country. Y'all ain't gone nowhere." Okay. Now I'm gonna say this though: if y'all put Herschel Walker, I don't even live in Georgia no more. I don't <laughs> live in Atlanta no more. So this really doesn't even directly affect me in that way. Other than in the broader sense of the Senate. But I'm going to just tell you that. If Herschel Walker get in, I'm making some phone calls. Because this is ridiculous. Do better with the people that you select who are going to represent. Us. Us. I'm telling Not black you, people, from, us. from the West Coast. Like all of us. Yeah. From the West Coast, we look at everybody on the other side of the Rocky Mountains as hella weird. Y'all hella Absolutely. aggressive and, and you hella should. crazy. Because how are you even putting these people out here? Bruh. Everybody wants to go in on some of these other, you know, lunatics out here right. in the political space. And it's like, do better. Pick better people. There are too many people to choose from. And I don't want to go too far from this because we already talked about that. I'm not even saying you got to go get a Pete Buttigieg. If that really bothers you that he's gay or you don't know anything about Andrew Yang or whatever. There are too many people 
Walker that are qualified, Kurtz. who care, who will do the job and will actually make it a part of something that they take seriously. For you to be putting Herschel Walker out here. This man got people, people families, whole families he done created that he's not even owning, much less taking care of. He's not just a deadbeat. He's literally like, I'm not even claiming you. He's a less accomplished Carl Malone. Well, do better. Politics, <laughs> people in po- political operatives, people to do the research, people are out here the, selecting these people and mm-hmm. vetting. You are failing miserably. Miserably. Well, stop putting people out there. How about the Georgia GOP is failing the white constituents of Georgia? The they think you're stupid. Us, but yes, the ones they that think you're stupid. Serve, yeah, specifically the white. Republicans in Georgia, they think you're stupid. I live one state up. I'd appreciate it if they act like they got some damn sense. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, it's 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 the only reason. Over, but Georgia going to spill over to us. I need y'all yeah, to act right. Like yeah. we, the, we the neighbors that live above, uh, of, above the crack house. So I'm going to need it, y'all to do right um, it's, so, that, so that we can all get along. You yeah, said, Andrew, we don't want you here. <laughs> we fool. <laughs> Yeah, but that's well, all it is, man, is is the the white voters in Georgia, the Republicans believe that the white voters in Georgia are stupid. Now, I'll say this, and I've got to be careful with my words because I, full disclosure, I, I lived in Atlanta for about nine years. I actually consider Georgia home. I consider Atlanta home. If I ever, if somebody hears me talk about I'm going to move back home eventually when I retire, whatever, it's Atlanta, probably. Most likely. Yeah, um, if you hear me say this more Miami. connection there. Um, they don't just think that the voters there are stupid. They got they receipts. Know. They got actual receipts that would validate that conclusion. Yeah. Because again, stop voting against your own interests. Your state that actually takes more than you give back. To the mm-hmm. Fed, stop voting against your own interests based on culture and and race and some of these other private little ideologies that really have nothing to do with uh, the public domain. So, Georgia is a white state that doesn't think that doesn't know that it's a black state. Well, they're gonna mess around <laughs> with Herschel Walker and learn. I'm just saying, for me, I think of Georgia as a black place, right? Because of, because of the A, it but. Is. But at the end of the day, when they go to the voting booth, it's really a white place with a black face. You know what I'm saying? But they're literally cutting off their nose despite their face. Right, 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 right. If that were a political thing, they are literally willing to cut off their nose despite their face. Because the one thing you mentioned about the black, because we have all these little side things Mm -hmm. that we get caught up in. The fact of the matter is if you actually get down to it, especially if you break it down in the kind of granular numbers, Mm -hmm. part of the resentment, that's why I say the cutting off your nose despite your face, on average, black people actually have more money in Georgia Mm -hmm. because of Atlanta and because of the uh, disparities there. They actually have more money than 
if you compare them to other states in the South. Black people are not poor, poor, like you might find the disparities in, say, Arkansas or Mississippi or something like that. And so a lot of times the resentment is, I don't like when I go inside of 285 and I get into Atlanta and I start seeing black people making it and got all this money and they buying all these houses. And so you resent that. But the fact of the matter is your cousin who lives out in Coweta County, they don't have nothing to do with Atlanta. They're white and they're poor mm. and they actually need that money coming in because they're on food stamps or because they mm-hmm. actually are uh, someone who needs some support. So again, don't again, j- just do better. Understand that politics is not room for you to be airing out your personal grievances. Mm-hmm. Vote for what is actually going to be best for you because I'll be honest with you, we're doing a terrible job all around when it comes to politics, but that's another conversation for another day. And you know what? This is probably a good place for us to uh, button it up here. So we'd just like to say thank you for joining us here on The Gray Matters. We appreciate your support. We appreciate you listening in and hearing us go back and forth about some very important things and some other not so important things. So we want to say thank you for taking the time to listen to us, go through our rants, go through our APBs, go through our takes. We invite you to share, uh, give a comment, give some feedback. Uh, we love to hear what your opinions are, and what you think. Uh, if you have some ideas and some things that you want us to share. Feel free. No matter what you may think of, you may think, oh, that's not that important. That's ridiculous. Trust me. We are here for the ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Okay? We are here to discuss the ridiculous (laughs) and those things that nobody else really wants to talk about because that is, in fact, what the Gray Matters is. The things that isn't out there in the public domain, we want to share those things with you. So we want to say thank you once again for uh, tuning in, listening, and uh, God bless. Subscribe, do all that stuff, and follow us on the Gray Matters Podcast.com. Keep searching for the light. All right. Uh, yeah, subscribe, like Nash, like Andre said, like Billy said. Uh, all of us individually, uh, the Gray Matters Podcast, Gray Matters Group, uh, all of our, you know, and like I said, like Billy said, holler at us individually uh, for show topics or even just to disagree and tell us what you didn't like. Uh, but we love y'all tuning in peace peace and uh even though they made progress continue to go out there and advocate and support britney grinder she gotta come home people absolutely she's in trial today right no starting friday Friday. starting on friday tomorrow Tomorrow. so still it's not too late to sign that petition www.wearebg.org let's bring her home All all right have a good one we'll see you next week happy holidays